Well, this morning we are going to learn a little bit more about the Christmas story. A little boy ran to the kitchen with a big box in his hand and breathlessly told his mother, we better tell Santa Claus to forget about the train set I ordered. I just found one on the top shelf of Dad's closet. (laughs) Many surprises happen at Christmas, and Luke's story in his gospel is one of surprise as well. Although it is a familiar story to many of us, it is a story that is the most amazing and world-changing event in all of human history. And Luke tells us why in this story. And I'm going to read a portion of the Christmas story to you. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Imagine how surprised these shepherds were as they watched their flocks on this cold winter night. Suddenly, in the middle of the night, it's night no longer. Luke writes that the glory of the Lord shone around them. The brightness of God and the sky is lit up. Night suddenly turns to day. And these shepherds who are just hanging around, watching their flocks, protecting their flocks in the fields at night, suddenly encounter this bright light and these words and this angel who appears on the scene. Now, it makes perfect sense to me why Luke says that they were filled with fear. They were filled with great fear. Uh, In our day and age, if this happened to us, we might call this an alien sighting. We'd be thinking, what happened? What is going on? And yes, great fear is what filled these men as they watched their flocks. But it was no alien. It was an angel. It was an angel from God who was speaking for God, and he had come with good news. He'd come with very good news. He tells them that you need not fear. You need not fear because there's nothing that I have to say to you that should be a terror to you. There's nothing I will say to you that should create fear in you. In fact, just the opposite I have such news, such good news of great joy that this great fear you have is unwarranted. Now I'm replacing your great fear with great joy because something has happened. And if you accept this good news, 
If you receive this good news, it will bring a joy to you that you have never known. Christmas is such a wonderful holiday. It is a holiday where Hallmark movies just abound every day. It is a, it is a season where you just turn on the television and you can see any kind of Christmas movies from It's a Wonderful Life to A Christmas Story to Holiday Inn. I mean, I've just, I've seen them all. I've seen them all and I love them all. And they, they bring a feeling of warmth and they bring a feeling of joy. And they, they just bring, it just feels good at Christmas time watching all these movies. And for the most part, unless somebody's ripping your arm off at the store while you try to grab something, it's pretty much a season of good tidings. And people are kind, uh, again, for the most part, unless they want your parking space. Um, folks are kind. And behind all of the lights and tinsel and glitter and Christmas trees and Christmas ornaments, behind it all is a story. And that story is what Luke tells us here, why Christmas exists at all. Why we come and watch these children do this wonderful play, Luke tells us there's a story behind it all. It is a story that has news to it, and that news is good news, good news that brings great joy. It is the good news of the Christmas story, and that story is this, a baby has been born. Now, it's, most, of, most of you, if not all of you, have celebrated the birth of a baby. But I, I mean, my birth is not written in any book anywhere. And neither is yours. So, so why this birth? And why this baby? I mean, he just, he's just a baby. It was a, it was a miraculous virgin birth conceived by the Spirit of God. But beyond that, it was a normal birth. Mary labored. Mary had to give birth. Jesus had the typical wrinkled baby face. How parents see Oh, you look like so-and-so at the moment of birth. I think, no, you don't look like anything but a prune. (laughs) Jesus was a typical, normal baby. And yet, behind that is the story that the Son of God has come. And when Mary kissed her baby, she kissed the face of God. Behind that story is a story of wonderful news. What is extraordinary on this cold and dark night is that God has personally come to earth. That's what the Christmas story is about. That God has become a person. 
become a human, become a man. And he has, as David, as, as, as uh, I'm sorry, as Luke writes, for unto you is born in this day, unto you. That, that Luke is saying, look, this baby has been born to you. This baby has been born and come to earth for you. In the Old Testament, Isaiah the prophet gives us the same good news, a passage that Devin read during our time of singing. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the news that the Savior has been born. That's the good news, and it's good news, Luke writes, for all the people, and it's because all people need a Savior. It seems unseemly to talk about the problem of humanity at Christmas time. Because all we want to talk about is, and rightly so, we talk about the peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And it seems unseemly that we're talking about men's sinfulness and men's wickedness and the evil that we see in the world and why a Savior had to come. But that's what the Christmas story is all about. For centuries, the people of Israel awaited and prayed for God to bring a deliverer, for someone to come and deliver them from the Roman slavery, the Roman oppression that they suffered under. They expected a conquering hero who would come in on a white horse to lead them to a great military victory. But Luke records a totally different scene. The Savior, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Deliverer, doesn't come as a conquering military hero. He comes as a baby. Luke surprises the reader with his description of where this conquering hero is born. He's born in a manger. He's born in a lowly place. He's born in a humble place among animals. Conquering kings should be born in a palace, not surrounded by the stench that comes in a manger. Luke's purpose in writing this for us at Christmas time is to that we would understand and experience the meaning and joy of Christmas so that we could understand why Jesus came. We must understand first why Jesus came. The, the angel, the messenger of God, tells us why Jesus came by his description of who Jesus is. First, he tells us the, that Jesus is a Savior. This baby is a Savior. What Israel didn't understand is that they thought that Roman oppression was what their greatest problem was. And Luke records the angel saying, no, the greatest problem that humanity has is that they need a savior, not from Roman oppression, but from their own sin. 
what they were really enslaved to was their desire to be like God, to live lives apart from God, to rule their own lives. It's not unfamiliar to you. You've heard the story of Adam and Eve, and in Genesis, the Bible tells us where it all began, where this need for a Savior all began. Genesis 3, for God knows that when you eat of it, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that it, the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate because they wanted their eyes to be opened so that they could be like God. From that moment on, every person in humanity has attempted to be like God to live their own lives, to assert their own authority, to assert and, and, and their own effort to rule life as they desire, as, they, as we see fit. This attempt at autonomy has shattered our relationship with God. It has shattered our understanding rightly of who God is. And it's destroyed everyone's ability to live with God as he intended and to experience the blessing of peace. Jesus came as the Savior to rescue people from the slavery of their own sin and their own sinful desires because it has ruined everyone's life. Oh, the Christmas story is a glorious story of angels and proclamations and gifts and kings and shepherds. And the, the pictures that are painted are amazing. But behind it all is a story. A story of great need and ruin. The story of humanity desperate for a savior. Christmas is what theologians call, it's about the incarnation, God becoming flesh, God leaving heaven in the form of his son, Jesus, and coming to earth and becoming a man. He's come because all mankind has fallen away from God. He's come because only God could solve the dilemma that mankind had, that dilemma that we are not in relationship with God and that our goodness, no matter how hard, how we try to be good, we can never be good enough. We can never merit enough goodness to overcome the sinfulness, the rebellion, the autonomy that we've declared, we've committed before God. So he sends a son. And he sends a son in a baby. That we could be again in relationship with him. Only God could solve that dilemma. Only God can do that by coming to earth as a man. We sing many Christmas carols. We sang a bunch of Christmas carols this morning. 
We sing about in those Christmas carols so familiar that we don't need to have words in front of us. Most of us know them by heart. We sing songs and we listen to them on Christmas movies and we hear them in malls playing. But the words that were written centuries ago in these Christmas carols have deep meaning. One line in one song says, to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. That's why the Savior came. Because we have all gone astray. And Christmas, Christmas is It is about a time that God looked down upon men and loved them by sending his son. You know, the feelings of Christmas, they don't last long. By the time Christmas morning is over and you are throwing away the wrapping paper, checking out your gifts, having Christmas dinner, Somehow, some way, every year, December 26th rolls around. And all the ornaments are put away and the tree's gone. And it's just cold winter. <laughs> all you get is snow and ice. And you beg for June to come. The feelings of Christmas don't last not for those who don't know this Savior, don't know this baby who has come to be born. And so Luke tells us that for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And then he says this. He says, who is Christ the Lord? Not only is he the Savior, but he has come to be the one to rule your life. God has solved the problem of mankind's sin. He has solved the problem of how to deal justly with us. He has solved the problem by sending his very own son, who will be a sacrifice, eventually crucified on a cross, so that his justice will prevail and our redemption will be secured. And the angel said to them, fear not. Fear not. Fear is such a huge part of our society today. Oh, so many, so many fear. The possibility of terrorism. Some fear the possibility of disease, some fear the possibility of poverty, and all fear the reality of death. Fear is, is an emotion that lives with us daily. And yet the angel says here, fear not for I, behold, I bring you good news of great joy. My friends, that 
great joy is that a baby has come. And he has come to take away that fear, that ultimate fear of death, that fear of eternity, that fear of the unknown, that fear that grips many. When we understand the Christmas story, we will understand how truly wonderful God is. In Isaiah's telling of this, where for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, expands on this day that the Savior is born, on the day this baby is born. He calls him the wonderful counselor whose words are always wise and good and perfect. They are words that are to give rest to your weary souls. Isaiah calls him mighty God who has done a great thing. He has conquered sin and death. He has shattered the darkness, the separation of sin. He calls him everlasting father. He is the Lord of eternity. He's the author and sustainer of everlasting life. There is no need to fear death. If you know this Savior, if you know Christ and you've trusted in Christ because He's the everlasting Father. And He is called the Prince of Peace. He creates peace. He brings peace. He preserves peace. If we trust in this baby who lies in a manger as our Savior, as our Christ and Lord, we will experience everlasting peace. In this passage, wonderfully, Luke tells us that glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom He is pleased, those who know Him. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. And suddenly it's not one angel that appears on the scene. Luke records, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Oh, put, your, put yourself in the place of those shepherds. An angel comes. Bright lights show up everywhere. And now, a multitude of angels. Now, this seems just, this seems like a Steven Spielberg science fiction movie. This stuff doesn't happen in real life. Oh, yes, it does. If it didn't happen in real life, if this wasn't true, why are you celebrating Christmas at all? What's it all about? Just some made-up consumer holiday made up by some big box store to sell a lot of gifts? Made up by Hollywood to create a lot of movies? 
made up by candy stores to sell a lot of candy? Amen to that, but... No. This is not some science fiction movie. It's real. My friends, there is a depth and a joy meant to be experienced at Christmas that can never be realized apart from having a relationship with this baby who became a man, who died on a cross so that we could be forgiven of sins and returned in our relationship to God. The good feelings of Christmas are temporary. And those who don't have this relationship or this assurance with God will only experience the temporary fun and joy and peace of Christmas. But the promise of God is that this good news of great joy, it can be eternal. It can be eternal. My prayer for everyone here this morning, both members of Grace Church and visitors, is that your Christmas, your celebration of the birth of Christ has a genuine truth and depth of meaning that brings you great joy. And that brings you great joy year in and year out. Oh, what a delight it would be to know that if there are those who have not seen Christmas quite the way Luke describes it here, that you would come to that place and that Christmas would never be the same for you. And if Christmas is never the same, Easter is even better. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for everyone here this morning. Thank you for this story of sending your son that we might have life, that we might have hope, that we might have peace for all eternity. Lord, I pray for those here this morning who do not have that relationship with you, who do not have assurance of what their future holds, that you would give them that gift, that Christmas would never be the same for them. In Jesus' name, amen.